Smartcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Get Real with Dr. Ronay, Doctor of Clinical Psychology and Trauma Specialist. Dr. Ronay Calvert is Executive Director of Live Treatment Concierge Services. Live Treatment provides a unique wraparound approach of concierge services in person and virtually, specifically tailored to each client with a level of effectiveness that transcends any other program. In her daily experience of guiding clients to recovery and emotional freedom, Dr. Renee Calvert gets real to shed light on subjects that have remained in the shadows with courage and compassion. Joined by Bindi Height, international spiritual coach and mentor from Ethical Change Agency, with the mission to inspire change makers and holistic healers to create collective change to make the world a better place through the power of human connection, purpose, and podcasts. It's time to get real. Hey, Ronay. Hey, Bindi. Now, today, I want to talk about say sorry like you mean it. The importance of apologizing without humiliation and how it strengthens trust in yourself and others. Now, you learned a really life-changing lesson around this, didn't you? I certainly did. I absolutely, unequivocally love my mother. But I love her. Or I should say, and I love her <laughs> as a human being. And she taught me how to do that mm. because for many years, I loved my mother in a very idealized way. I didn't love her as a human being. I loved her as someone who, in my mind, could make no mistake. She was infallible. And so long as she was infallible, then any mistake that she made or any hurt that I experienced must have been my fault or something of my own doing, something I didn't live up to. And she taught me so differently. Um, My mother was and is the first person in my life who from the time that I was a little girl would tell me through the acknowledgement of her own years of experience in life, what trauma taught her about herself, blind spots that she had despite all the work that she had done because we are all truly human and made the commitment as my mother and to my brother as well, never to carry on the sins of the family that she was raised in. And I think she's done a phenomenal job of that. Mm. There are times, however, where our trauma sneaks in through a back door. 
and where we relive it and we reenact it in ways that we are unaware of until we become aware of them. And one of the things that makes my mother someone who I absolutely revere for who she is as a human is her undying dedication to bettering herself as a human being every day that she's on this planet, not from a place of shame and humiliation, but from the idea that she gets the opportunity to become her best self every day. I can clearly remember conversations that I had with my mother in which she sat me down as a little girl and she said, Ronnie, mommy made a mistake. This is what I did. This is why I did it. And this is what I'm going to be doing to make it better. And I remember as a little girl saying, no, 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 mommy, no, no. You're fine. You didn't, everything's fine. You didn't make a mistake. And she said to me, no, I did make a mistake. And I need you to recognize that I made a mistake. Because if you don't recognize that I made a mistake, Ronay, if you don't recognize that I'm capable of making mistakes, then you're not going to recognize when you yourself make mistakes. Mm. And you're not going to know how to apologize for them. And apologies are not shaming. And apologies do not lower yourself or degrade yourself as a human being. I think enough of you, Ronnie, my daughter, and I think enough of me, your mother, that our relationship has enough strength and love that I can apologize to you and know that that is only going to strengthen our relationship. I want, whether or not my apology to you in this moment makes you think less of me, it is more important to me that you recognize the error of my ways and that you recognize that you were not deserving of the ways in which you were just treated than for me to have you go on thinking of me as a perfect person and have you fill in those blanks by thinking less of yourself. And I, it's a, it's a situation that has continued on throughout my family where apologies are just commonplace. I do not go to sleep at night. I can't go to sleep at night without attempting to reconcile, even momentarily, even just we're going to put this on ice until tomorrow. But I want you to know that in my, for my part in hurting you, that, that was never my intention. And I want to hear you out and I want to understand more of where you were coming from. But for whatever my part was in anything that hurt you, I apologize for that because that, that, that was never the intention of anything I did. And even if it just starts there, 
I recognize the importance that that holds in every relationship that I have. That without being able to recognize, not from a place of I'm so awful, oh my God, I can't believe what a piece of shit I am. Um, that does no good for anybody. When you apologize in that way, you're not actually allowing the person on the other side to forgive you. You're so busy beating yourself up. They don't even have the opportunity to actually process how they feel because they're too busy trying to make you feel better during your apology. So it really can't come from a place of shame and beating yourself down. It has to come from a place of, I'm apologizing to you so that we can move forward. Mm. And I'm apologizing to you because I know I caused you pain, not because I'm a piece of shit, not because I'm not, not, not because I'm, I'm worthless, but because I'm a human being and I'm fallible and I make mistakes and you are a human being and you are fallible and you make mistakes. And here is how we lay the foundation for us to have a real human relationship in which if we hurt each other by mistake or God forbid, even intentionally that we can own it, mm. that we can come toward each other and that we can resolve it because without acknowledgement and without humbling ourselves to be an equal Regardless of who that person is, your kid, your partner, your boss, your employee, your friend, your sister or brother, there is not a single person out there that I can envision that does not benefit from a relationship that can sustain one human being acknowledging that they have caused damage to another and having the courage to own it to admit it, to apologize for it, and to better themselves as a result of it. Absolutely. And, yeah, I, one of the things I've learned, um, particularly in my career, is that, um, you know, owning your mistakes um, and, you know, seeing them as lessons has been super important to me. Um, I can recall a situation um, in, a, in a previous job that I had and I'd, I'd screwed up royally. And... Um, what happened was um, one of um, my co-workers, I'd, I'd literally thrown them under the bus and um, didn't mean to, but that's what happened. And I went, shit, I've really stuffed up here. And, it, it, you know, it was going to ruin my reputation. So I actually sat him down and I said, look, this is all me and I'm going to own this, I'm going to fix this and I want us to be right. And it strengthened our relationship to, to the point where we're still friends today. Um, so doing that and owning that and stepping up and, and you know, using it as a lesson can, can do so much. I think oftentimes we can look as, we can look at apologies as weak. Mm. That if we apologize or if we say I'm sorry, it's almost, though, it's almost as though we're losing an argument mm. or we're losing ground. And I want to go on record as saying that I really feel that to apologize actually is quite brave. Mm. If anything gives you ground, 
it, it actually, it actually allows for healing to occur mm. because if you're too busy protecting your ego, then that's about a relationship with you and yourself. Mm. That has nothing to do with you with a relationship with another. Can you forgive yourself enough for being human to own a mistake that a human being would make to apologize for that mistake mm. and to actually be invested in learning and how not to make it again? Yeah. That to me is about a person who's working on bettering themselves, bettering their relationship with others, and who actually is setting the example of what a real relationship looks like. Because a relationship in which no hurt ever occurs, you know, has to be one that is either very, very shallow to the extent of, you know, we really, you know, it's, it's a working relationship. We don't really know each other very well. Uh, you know, it's not something we really could have the opportunity to hurt because we don't have enough of a relationship to hurt one another. Um, but in relationships of any sort of real intimacy, um, if you're in a relationship for a very long period of time um, or a, a significant degree of depth, even the idea of, you know, keeping your friend waiting for 15 minutes um, when they are waiting for you to have lunch or, or whatever the case may be. Not, a, you know, if you don't recognize or, or put yourself in that person's shoes about what they might be experiencing while you are running late, um, it could mean the absolute world to that person to hear I know I got stuck in traffic. I know there was nothing I could have done about this, but I'm really sorry that you were sitting here waiting for me because I want you to know that my full intention was to be here on time and you you deserve that. You're important enough to me that I wanted to be here on time for you. So I, there's nothing I could have done to change the circumstances, but I'm still sorry for the impact that it had on you. And... And for you feeling, for you sitting here waiting for me and, and, and feeling deprioritized in my day that whatever it was that I was doing um, kept you here waiting. Um, in my life, there are people all the time who have to recognize and understand as being part of my world, as being part of my intimate group of friends, that there are clinical emergencies that happen and medical emergencies that happen that are life and death. And that means that in prioritizing what must be prioritized, what are life and death circumstances, they choose to be in a relationship with me knowing that they are absolutely a priority, but that when I've dedicated myself to a career that relies upon someone who responds to life or death situations, there's a level of understanding that they need to have about what my career, my chosen career demands of me and what I demand of myself and showing up for the people that I show up for um, who are fighting for their lives and or who are, who are heroic and who deserve my dedication. And those closest to me sometimes need to know 
that they are not going to get the best of me that day. Mm. I don't feel as though I'm humiliated by my decision or my career or the prioritization of those who are suffering. That does not mean that I don't recognize the effort and the love and compassion and patience that it takes to be in my life and to recognize that much like with a heart surgeon or a firefighter or anybody else that gets called into emergency situations, that those closest to me must recognize that part of our rules of engagement are that I will be there for you hook, line, and sinker. But if a client of mine is going through a life or death experience, everything gets put on hold until I know they're okay. While I don't apologize for my choices, I absolutely apologize for the impact that has on people who love me, people who long for my time and attention, and people who, by the very nature of the purpose and passion that I have chosen to live in my life, may often feel less important in those moments than they ought to. And it's my job as a friend, as a partner, as a daughter, as a wife, to acknowledge their feelings and to acknowledge that their loving me through my passion and my purpose is a gift and that it's not to be taken for granted, that they should just all understand that this is my career and who are you to question why it is that I had to cancel our dinner date. Um, in their lives and in mine, they are what fills my cup. They're the people that allow me to be my best self. And so how could I not acknowledge their effort, their compassion and patience in allowing me to give to others? And so it's not about humiliation or shame. I'm not ashamed of having to cancel that dinner. I know that they know that I would not be doing so if it were not because I had to. It is never taken for granted. It never goes unrecognized or unnoticed. The sacrifices that are made for me to be there for those who need me and the love that is there as the wind at my back that allows me to do the work that I do. Yeah, and on the other side of the apology is the forgiveness. Um, so, you know, for whoever might have wronged us or, or our perception of wrongness, um, you know, uh, it doesn't, you know, forgiving someone doesn't mean that it never happened and that it was okay. It just means that you can move on. Um, one, one way I like to frame it, um, particularly when I feel someone's really done something wrong against me, um, is to just let it go, forgive them and understand that they didn't understand what I was feeling. They also perhaps didn't know any better. So, you know, I think it was Jesus that said, and forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, so 
I think that can really help us through those times where we need to forgive someone and move on and actually keep that relationship moving forward. I agree. And I think that the caveat I would add to that is that forgiveness does not mean making excuses for someone who does not want to grow as a person not to hurt us again. Mm. And so we can forgive where an apology has not been asked for, but we can't actually maintain that same level of intimacy and we can't move forward to that same degree if that person is not interested in learning from their mistakes and if that person is too blindsided um, or too guarded in their ability to learn from their own experiences, to better themselves as a human being, so that we can trust that they are not going to intentionally or knowingly make those same mistakes again. Mm. Um, I think I think we can hold both, and that both are very true. That we can forgive, and we can let go of things that we carry and that we harbor because that does nothing but hurt us. But that our closeness and our continued openness and vulnerability to allow someone the intimacy and the vulnerability that we give, that we offer of ourselves to hurt us again. Um, I, I think that the way in which people teach us that they are safe for us to move on with that they are safe for us to move forward with is their ability to, if they do not understand where they have wronged us, to hear from us that we feel wronged, that we are willing to forgive. And what they do from that point on, for me, determines the closeness of the relationship that we are going to maintain from that point forward. Mm. And, you know, also um, there, are, there are obviously people who hang on to those things that that happen to them, the trauma, the pain, uh, they can't forgive, they can't forget, they can't move on, regardless of whether they've received an apology or not. And um, it's it's like carrying a boulder you don't need to hold on to, you know, and that that anger is like a poison um, that just lives with you and it's not yours, you don't need it. Um, you know, and this is where I'd really like to share um, a really poignant quote from Buddha um, where, you know, he said, holding on to anger is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Um, imagine what that manifests in your life um, when you carry that around. Um, you don't need it. I think that the real question there is to be inquisitive, you know, to ourselves, you know, ask ourselves a very important question of what purpose does this resentment hold mm. for us? Why are we dragging this boulder around? Why do we need this anger? It's serving some sort of purpose mm. that we've not let it go. If it's that we need to change the relationship that we have with the other person, let's go ahead and do that. But that's very different than holding on to the anger and the pain that goes along with it. Mm. Hanging on to the anger and the pain does nothing to resolve or move the relationship forward or even move ourselves out of a relationship that's painful. Holding on to the anger and the resentment is exactly as the quote so eloquently put it, which is that the people that we are most hurting 
are ourselves mm. um, by by utilizing those resentments almost to justify um, the actions or lack thereof that we are taking or not taking in our own best interest. And so, you know, that's where we really need to look at where we are deliberately holding on to something um, so that we can use it as the sword that we fall on ourselves. Mm, exactly. And, um, you know, I know you and I have spoken about this previously on, on other podcasts and um, there's, there's people who've always got to be right. Um, but the thing is that we're not always right and that's okay. Um, and the moment that you can understand that, it's actually quite freeing. <laughs> Coming from a perspective of someone who often gets put into a position of the expectation of being right, mm. I can tell you that, you know, kind of circling back to the beginning of this very podcast where, you know, the idealized version of my mother is so much less significant and less lovable and less valuable to me than revering the human that she is. Being someone who is looked at as one who is supposed to have all the answers, one who, who is supposed to always be right. My favorite thing to remind myself of and others is that were that to be the case, there's no point to life. Mm. Mm. Because that would mean that I am so elevated I am so, I've learned all things and I am so beyond reproach. I can't even be human enough mm. to be your doctor. I can't be human enough to be your mentor because I don't even know what it's like to stand in your shoes anymore. I feel so elevated above you. And to me, that's just a line of shit. Mm. Um, it's really what it is. Um, no one is ever always right. Mm. And if they are, they're not growing. No. Because they're not actually interacting with those situations that say, yeah, but look at it this, from this perspective. And have you thought about it this way? And how about not even thinking about it in terms of right or wrong? How about thinking about it in terms of what you thought yesterday and what you learned today? And man, when you are open to learning, life teaches you. And when you're not open to learning, life teaches you. <laughs> yep. So it just kind of comes down to, do you want to learn it the easy way? Where you're open to receiving and growing and learning? Or do you want to learn it the hard way? Where the universe just beats it into your head. <laughs> That's exactly right. And, you know, uh, there's so many um, things we could talk about when it comes to saying sorry, but we're going to start with a song. So this episode, uh, what is your song, Ronnie? My song is All Apologies by Kurt Cobain. And, and yeah, and mine is Sorry. Uh, by Justin Bieber, how appropriate. You can actually find the playlist on Spotify if you want to check out the songs from all the episodes of the podcast. Just search for Get Real with Dr. Ron A on Spotify. And the meditation uh, for this episode you'll find on Insight Timer. Just search for Forgiveness. Thanks for getting real with me, Dr. Ron A.
Thanks for getting real with me, Bindi. Thank you for tuning in to Get Real with Dr. Ronay. If you've loved the show and would like to experience coaching with coaches like Dr. Ronay or Bindi through Live Treatment Concierge Services, visit livetreatmentvip.com. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Electric Acid.